1: Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener, and I'm here to help you be more successful, to figure out what is it isn't going on right in your garden, to figure out what plant you can hopefully save from killing right now. Hopefully a couple of hints on how to do things right rather than the wrong way. If you've got a question, all you have to do is call me up. 404-872-0750. Ashley Frasca will answer the phone if it's not busy, and she will uh, guide you through the process of asking questions on the air. One of the ways... One of the ways that you become successful as a gardener in Atlanta or in Georgia is by hanging out with other gardeners who know what they're doing. Not so much me, but members of the Georgia Perennial Plant Association, because they have every year a symposium in February. We'll talk to Paula White just a second about that. we have monthly meetings as well at the Atlanta History Center, where they have great speakers there. And you, I think, would be very benefited by coming to either the symposium or the uh, the monthly meeting, then Paula, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you, Walter.
1: And so, Paula, is. Uh, do you have a title, or are you just the person who has to come to the radio show?
2: I am both the person who comes to the radio show, and I have a title. I am chairing the Inspired Gardener
1: Symposium Oh, this year. <laughs> she's in charge. And she's in charge of the Gardens for Connoisseur, or the Connoisseur's Garden Tour, I should say, which is Mother's Day this year. They sponsor every year one of the... Most fabulous garden tours you'll see in Atlanta, and she is doing both of these things, and she doesn't seem crazy, but I know internally she is. But so, tell us about the symposium. Tell us about the Inspired Gardener Symposium, Paula. The Inspired Gardener Symposium will be
2: at the Atlanta Botanical Garden on February 27th. Mm-hmm. Um, it is an amazing event. It's an opportunity to both learn and play. We have, as you already mentioned, a great speaker lineup. Mm -hmm. They're going to give everyone an opportunity to look at their gardens in terms of design, in terms of plant care, in terms of plant selections. And you will either leave leave with a new view of your garden, or at least you will have a refreshed view of your garden. And we also have the world's best silent auction. (laughs) So we will urge you to spend money, because it is the primary fundraiser for the GPPA. And these are
1: plants, right?
2: uh at the salon auction yeah. both plants and garden related materials okay. books um, lots of interesting things and because it is the end of a dreary winter and almost spring um you get to see plants coming in from very yeah, good nurseries, and, and garden, you yeah. start
1: salivating and saying, "I want that." <laughs> <laughs> so bring your credit card. That'd exactly, be a great thing to bring to the perennial plant uh, thing. And uh, I will mention some of the speakers that I think are terrific. Bill Welch is going to be there from Texas. He's such a terrific guy talking about how to select good plants. Jean Williams Woodward is going to be there. Jean Woodward Williams. She's one of my colleagues from the Extension Service, at the University of Georgia. She's going to talk about plant diseases and problems and plagues and Probably Boxwood Blight and all the things that are going on in Atlanta. So you learn there how to diagnose the problems in your garden. Gene will teach about that. Talk to Bill a little bit. Um, Mm -hmm. Vince Simeone is going to be there as well talking about... um, What is this detailed uh, uh, timelines for what you do long-term and short-term in the garden? So you've got lots of speakers with very practical information, very, very practical stuff, and all you have to do is sign up at the uh, Inspired Garden or the Perennial Plant Association website, right, uh, Paula?
2: Registration is actually through the Atlanta Botanical Garden. You can sign up online. You can sign up via voicemail, or you can do it by mail. And you have a reduced... um, Fee, if you are either a member of the Atlanta
1: Botanical Garden or GPPA. And their website, atlanta Dot org. Dot mm-hmm. Let's go to the phones. we got plenty of people who want to know about the Perennial Plant Association, but also <laughs> about their own plant they want to know about. Rico is down in Conyers, Georgia, and Rico joins us on Lawn and Garden. Rico, hey, good morning. Hey, good morning,
3: Walter. How you
1: doing? I'm all right. What's going on?
3: How much? Uh, I heard you mention me last week about a citrus tree that was growing in Latonia, Georgia.
1: Yeah, I want to know how it's going. You sent me pictures, and then it's like you went dark. I didn't hear from you anymore. So, I sent
3: you emails back. I, I guess they didn't go through, or uh, I
1: got some pictures, but nothing beyond that. So, tell me I'll, more, Rica.
3: Yeah, I'll, I'll send some more today when I get home. Okay. Um, just, I was just trying to inform some of the listeners that the citrus trees will grow. This particular one in Georgia, uh, say. Swingle Citruel Trifoliate. It's a rootstock. The gentleman had a Meyer lemon he bought. Yeah. said that it died. And from what it seems like, the rootstock grew back instead.
1: Got it, got it. And
3: they will grow here. I mean, it's there. And I'll send you some more pictures when I get home. And I had one more question. I bought some citrus trees, but they're inside under lights. Can I fertilize them while they're in the house, or do I need to wait till I put them out in spring on my deck?
1: Mm, it's safer, Rico, I think, to do it when you put them out. When they're inside, I taught my Master Gardener class earlier this week about the basics of soil nutrition and fertilizers and things like that. And I mentioned to my Master Gardeners that you put fertilizer on a plant to stimulate growth. And really and truly inside, with just the lights that you have indoors, there's not enough light for that plant to have much growth on it. And the fertilizer is not going to make it grow. It's like, it's like Rico, you getting up and have six cups of coffee before you hit the floor in your bedroom. That would not be a great thing for the rest of the day. The coffee would stimulate you way too much. And okay. the same with fertilizer. When you don't have much light, it stimulates the plant in ways it doesn't really like. But when you get outside in the spring and summer, when it has lots of sunshine, yeah, we'll fertilize then. I appreciate it, Walter. Rico, send me those pictures, and send me a picture of a the close-up of the leaves and if there are any thorns. I want to see those, too, okay? Uh,
3: yes, very thorny. Yeah I, yeah, I will do that.
1: All right. Good talking to you, Rico. Thank you. Bye-bye. Back to the phones. Marion is in Berkeley Lake, and she joins us on Lawn and Garden. Marion, hey, good morning.
0: Hi, good morning. I'm so happy to talk to you all, too. Me, too, Marion. How can we help? Well, I have a partially wooded backyard, um, and give, it gives me filtered shade. And I will say, as the years have gone by, it's gotten more... Yeah.
4: Um,
0: but for about 10 years now I've tried to grow things And with very little success Things right. like azaleas um, Vinca, ground cover Mahonia, plum yew And things just sort of limp along And yeah. die yeah. And I don't know We put in irrigation a couple of years ago Thinking that the trees are competing With the plants You know for
1: Of course
0: water um, And so that hasn't seemed to help a lot and uh, I'm wondering whether there are different varieties of oaks. Is it um, oaks that are killing them? No,
1: <laughs> I don't. I don't think there's much difference between the various tree species and how much competition they offer. Maples, oaks, sweet gum. I think they're all going to be about the same in competition for your shrubs.
0: Okay. The, well, the one thing that seems to do well is rhododendron. Oh, good. So I'm trying. What What should I be doing? Should I be fertilizing more frequently? What what kind of fertilizer and when. We did hire up uh, the company that does our lawn fertilization. They offer a shrub service, and we hired them a year and a half ago, and it's not helped a whole lot.
1: Marion, one of the things that I've learned, I think Paula would agree, that sometimes you just have a touch. For some plants, you know, that other people can't grow very well. And they get calls all the time, Marion, for people to say, I can't grow rhododendrons ever in my garden. And there you are saying, yeah, i got lots of things that don't do well, but my rhododendrons are really awesome. So, so Paula, what, what plants do you have growing in your garden? If you have a shade garden, what do you have growing in your landscape, Paula?
2: I have a lot of maples, right. a lot of hydrangeas. Yeah, um, yeah. I particularly like oak leaves. Okay. Um, I've been very successful with them. I have um, hostas,
1: um, a lot of ground cover. Right. What kind of ground covers do you grow in there?
2: Um, my current favorite ground cover is chrysogenum.
1: Uh, the green and gold. Green yeah, and gold. Sure.
2: Yes, I use a what lot. What
1: was of, that called again? Uh, chrysogenum is the way to pronounce it. Green right. and gold is the common name for it. Okay. Um, the begonia. Those. Uh, Perennial begonia. Perennial begonias that come get, up with those pretty purple, exactly, pinky leaves on them. Yeah. Exactly. That's one, hey, hey, Marion, that's one that is an awesome plant that nobody else knows about except me and Paula and now you. But look online. I never, hardly ever see these on sale at nurseries. I've seen them at uh, Hall's Nursery out in Stone Mountain, mm-hmm. and that's the only place I ever found them. But it's called perennial begonia. And it has, oh, how would you describe, Paula, a stem that comes up about a foot. Yeah, with, big, a, with a begonia-like flower, yeah, but begonia-like primarily
2: flower. as a as a ground cover. They're yeah, great. Yeah, that's They're a great, great plant. And plant exchanges at Master Gardener Sales. You can a, oh,
1: answer. that's a good idea, plant yeah. exchanges. And the Perennial Plant Association, Marion, you should think about this, has a monthly meeting. And if you were to go to one and say, does anybody have one? By the next meeting, you'd have eight people who'd say, here, Marion, I have some. Here's some. You can have it here. <laughs> So this is how you get perennial begonia if you can't find it at a nursery.
2: And sedges. Okay. I grow a lot of sedges.
1: Sedges like... Um, chorus Say, chorus, Carex, and things mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So, Marion, there are other plants to grow out there. If you go to my website... If you, if you just say plant lists, I think that'll get you close enough. Plant lists is a whole pull-down that has uh, various trees for damp places, shrubs for shady places, flowers that grow in damp situations. You just have a lot of lists there. And Marion, that's where I would go to try to get some more ideas of things besides your rhododendrons that would grow in the, in the woods.
0: Okay, but the, the question about the fertilization, though, I mean, how often should, should I be fertilizing?
1: Mm, a little bit, but not a lot. Um, okay. Rhododendrons, I think, do fine with one, maybe two fertilizations in the first one. Now to the 1st of April is a fine time to put the fertilizer in the ground, and then another time maybe in June, July, maybe. Not much more okay. than that.
0: Okay.
1: Good. Okay. Thank you. Hey, Marion, it's great talking to you. Thanks for calling. 17 minutes past the hour at News Talk WSB. We'll be back right after this.
3: This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News and News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM
1: 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Lots and lots and lots, copious amounts of sunshine in store for Metro Atlanta today. Just a touch of the chill in the air in the morning, but the afternoon sun is going to drive most of that away. Temperatures go into the low 50s this afternoon, and overnight, clear again, low temperatures into the low 30s. Stay tuned, Atlanta's most accurate and dependable forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. We're joined this morning by Paula White from the Georgia Perennial Plant Association. She's talking about her Inspired Gardener Symposium coming up February the 27th at the Atlanta Botanical Garden. We'll have some more details about that. That in just a minute. Jack is with us from Woodstock, Georgia, and joins us. Hey, Jack, good morning.
3: Uh, good morning, Walter. How are you guys doing today? Good.
1: Doing great, Jack. How can we help?
3: Um, <clears throat> in February, uh, as you well know, it's time to uh, trim the crepe myrtles and so what have you, and I always trim my butterfly bushes. Yeah. With the warm winter, they're already showing green growth on the branches. Yep. I was wondering if it's still okay to cut them back like normal.
1: Yep. That's okay, normal. I mean that I pruned my mother's butterfly bush what, a couple of weeks ago, I guess. Now Jack and they had green sprouts all over that thing, and cruel Walter came in and right close to the ground, sixteen inches maybe from the ground away, they went.
3: Okay, good. Deal. I was just uh, this is the first year since we put them in that it's been uh, showing growth like that. I yeah. just want to make sure I. Uh, I know I've heard you use the term crepe murder sometimes if you <laughs> over referring to crepe myrtles.
1: So. For, for the uh, uh, um, butterfly bush, though, they need to be murdered because that new growth that comes on a butterfly bush after they've been pruned is what gives you all the pretty, smelly, nice flowers in the summertime. So that's why you prune them hard in the winter.
3: Well, that was my question, Walter, and I'm sure there's other people waiting. Thank you very much. They are
1: indeed, Jack. Thank you for being so polite. So, Paula, you have a butterfly bush? you have a butterfly bush ever in your landscape?
2: I do not have a butterfly bush because I don't have enough sun.
1: Well, if you have butterfly bush, you need to remember that there are big ones and there are little right. ones. And I just transplanted a little one into my backyard I guess I've planted from my backyard to my front yard. But now they're doing so much more breeding on butterfly bushes so that you have some that only get two, maybe three feet tall. And normally, I mean, you know, you've seen them before in places that had some. They get eight, nine, ten. My mother's was easily nine or ten feet tall. So they all, I think, need to be pruned some in the wintertime. Again, because the pruning makes the new growth come on. New growth is what gives you the flowers. New flowers makes the butterflies. And you, the gardener, happy. That's what I think about butterfly bushes. Uh, So, New Garden Plant Association, we have one minute to talk about the Garden Symposium. We'll talk about that again. February the 27th? 27th. 27th. All right, And it starts in the morning around 8 8 o'clock for the auction beginning for the plants there. And Bill Welch, Gene Woodward-Williams with plants. And you know what we're going to have to talk about in the next half hour, Paula? What? Boxwood blight. Ooh. All right, my friends, if you have boxwoods, stay tuned. You are not going to like the information that Paula White and I have about boxwoods. We'll talk a little bit about it with Mickey Gazaway. She'll be with us as well this morning at around 835 to talk about the plant pick. I will tell you, though, this. I'll give you a little a little uh, hint, a little tease for the pike pick, pike pick of the weekend. 20% off on all these plants. It's something you are really, really, really going to like and want. and It'll make a really, really good Valentine's gift. All right, think about that. Eight thirty-five. Mickey Gasway will be here. We'll announce the Pike Pick and think about what person in your life do you love that would like a nice Valentine's gift, and we'll have that with uh, Mickey as well. Right now, it is. Scott, we've got a long time to talk, right? So we do have one more minute. Oh, we're talking about that as well. So, Paula, one more thing I wanted to ask you about is the Perennial Plant Association meetings each month. They're every month, but they meet at the Atlanta History Center, right? That is correct. And so what time? Tell me more about that. Uh, you can get information about
2: the uh, speakers and the speaker lineup on the GPVA website. Um and now that you ask, what time I have to tell you? Yes, I don't remember about seven, seven thirty yeah, exactly. Like that, yeah. the <clears throat> the variety of speakers is incredibly diverse, very interesting, yeah, all good, yeah. from all across the country, talking about plants, garden design. Um, the next speaker up is going to talk about epimediums.
1: Oh, epimediums! Always a shade, favorite, dry shade. Dry shade exactly. Plant, right
2: there. One of the interesting speakers coming up is going to talk about
1: foodscaping. Cool incorporating edibles into your landscape. So all this, the Georgia Perennial Plant Association, their website, georgiaperennial.org, and they meet at the Atlanta History Center up in Buckhead, and if you get there early enough, they usually have an old plant swap and sale out in the parking lot, which is where a lot of people get plants for really, really cheap. So this is a great thing to investigate with Georgia Perennial Plant Association in their monthly meetings, georgiaperennial.org. It's 8:28. We'll be back to more Lawn and Garden right after news.
3: Show
0: with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center, playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404 872 750 or 1 800 WSB Talk. And now, here's Walter. It's
1: 836, 32 degrees outside. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener, here to help you be more successful doing whatever you do. I promise the one of the best ways to be more successful is to shop and learn at the, from the people at Pike Nursery. My friend Mickey Gasway joins us this morning from Pike Nursery to talk about our Pike Pick of the Weekend. Hey, Mickey.
4: Good morning, Walter. How are you?
1: I teased just a little bit ago that whatever the Pike Pick is, it's going to be a really, really good Valentine present.
4: That's exactly right. What could be better for Valentine than roses?
1: Of course, just it's got to be a rose. And
4: instead of... Bouquet of roses. You can give them bouquets for years to come. I
1: say because these are live plants. These are plants you yes. plant in the ground and give you roses for a, years to come.
4: Just one single rose wouldn't be bad in a vase. But then, you know, say, go look what what else I've got you.
1: So, uh, are these bare root or are these potted roses? Mickey?
4: They are actually both. <laughs> they are bare root, Good. but they are in containers. I mean, they are, are sort of potted up, mm-hmm. so you can use them. Um, you can keep them out longer before you plant them, but you need to go ahead and plant them.
1: All right, I understand. So sometimes they'll be sort of loose in, these, the, in the pot. Sometimes
4: when you get these that are just bare root roses, um, like in the big box stores and places like that, they just, they, they dry up really, really fast. So you're much better off. These, these are kind of protected. So, But when you do need to get them in the ground as quickly as you can so they can get a big root system on them for And
1: you. we wow. have fragrant roses, we have different color roses, we have all the different choices of rose, and hopefully some that are more disease-resistant than others. Yeah,
4: and they've bred for that a lot. Um, what's your favorite?
1: You know, Peace Rose is nice, Mr. and I have um, a Leaf Tyler uh, in the backyard that always looks pretty. It and what is that? I don't know that. Uh, lift, leave or Live Tyler is Steven Tyler of Aerosmith's daughter. So that's one that I have in the backyard. And uh, what else have I got around that? I had a climbing pinky uh, until somebody pruned a little bit too closely to the base of it and chopped it off right there at the bottom, and that was the end of yeah, Climbing Pinky. That's
4: Pinkie. not good. Uh-huh. Well, I still, I like peace. I'm like you. I like Chrysler Imperial. I like Mr. Lincoln, yeah. of course. Um, and last year I planted uh, a Pope Paul. Pope Paul. And it was just beautiful. It's a beautiful white one. And it just did great, so I love that one. And I like Julia Child. That's another. Oh, good thing Julia Child, beautiful rose. I've just now kind of gotten back into roses the last couple of years, and uh, I really enjoyed it last year.
1: I think one of the things that has gotten people back into roses is number one, they see knockouts, and everybody's got a knockout, right. and they think, "Let me have something different." For goodness' yeah, sakes, let's have something right. different from knockout. And the other thing is, they're now. Uh, systemic fungicides that can help keep the black spot away and off of the roses so they don't defoliate in July.
4: That's exactly right. Plus, they've bred so many that are more disease resistant. Now, that doesn't mean they're never going to get a spot on them, but they are a lot more disease resistant than the old roses are. so.
1: So you either buy one that has natural disease resistance or you go to Pike and get some Infuse, and Infuse does a great job in keeping the black spot off your old roses.
4: That's exactly right,
1: So, right, Walter. real briefly, real briefly, we uh, dig a nice big wide area, we loosen it up, put some soil conditioner in, maybe a little sure start in there to get things going good. And put it put in full sun. Full sun. I, to
4: me, that's the most important thing about right. roses. And don't plant a bunch of stuff right next to it. We want to have it some air, to circulation. Have air circulation.
1: Yeah, exactly. And uh, keep an eye out for that disease, black spot. Mm-hmm. If you see a leaf that turns sort of yellow with a black spot in the middle, pull it off right. and throw it away. Yeah. Get it out of there.
4: And clean up around your roses.
1: Clean up uh, meaning sanitize hall. every uh, yes, year. Break all the rose, break all the leaves mm-hmm. out.
4: That's right. And give lots of bouquets to your
1: loved ones. So 20% off. All you have to do is go to the cashier, choose your roses, choose five or six roses, and go to the cashier and say, hey, did you know these are 20% off? And she will say, yes, I did. <laughs> and they give you 20% off, and that is a pretty nice deal for something that's so nice for Valentine's. That's right. That's
4: exactly right. Let me see. we got
1: yeah. roses classes coming up pretty soon, right?
4: We do. We've got one next week.
1: And so that's 9 o'clock, all the Pike locations. That's
4: right. We've got one on roses uh next week and then two weeks from then we've got one on shade gardening great
1: on so that's on 27th to look
4: forward to too
1: but one thing we do need to remind people is Pike will be closed completely on february 17.
4: that's right Training. we're doing our product knowledge fair so we get to go and learn about all the new products and all of our mm-hmm. employees are there so it, it's going to be fun for us we'll miss our customers but we're going to come back with lots of knowledge.
1: February the 17th. Don't, don't right. go to Pike because they're going to be gone. They're going to be getting <laughs> smart, as they always are. We're getting smarter. Perhaps that's the word here on February the 17th. That's Mickey, it. if we wanted to see where the locations that will be open today in the Pipe Pick of 20% <clears throat> off with Roses, where would we go?
4: At com.
1: Of course. Thanks for calling, Mickey. See you next Saturday.
4: Thank you. Bye-bye.
1: It's 841 on a Saturday morning. Karen is out in College Park and joins us in Lawn and Garden. Hey, Karen, good morning. Karen, Karen, Karen. Karen somehow has been struck in. Struck Karen, are you there? Karen, we're going to put her on hold we're going to go to Cloud and McDonough. Hey, Claude, good morning. Hey,
3: good morning, Walter. Got What's a that? question about uh, olive trees. We, we love them. We just don't know if it's practical or you could grow them here in McDonough with the latitude.
1: Let's say this. It's tough. How about that, Claude? Because you heard me talk to Rico just a minute ago about citrus trees that grow in McDonough and south of Atlanta. If citrus is growing there, olives ought to grow there. But olives have such a hard time with temperature fluctuations in the wintertime that if I say this, I'm sure somebody's going to call and say they have an olive that's been growing fine for 20 years. But I will say this and invite contradiction it's hard, it's almost impossible to grow olives in the metro Atlanta area. That's not okay. to say, Claude, that you should not try. And there are some more cold-tolerant and more weather-tolerant than others and... Paula White, can you remember which olive we can grow down here? There's one, I promise, Claude. Go to my website and just type in olive. And I'll give you the one that I think is the best one for growing and maybe trying in Atlanta. Alright.
3: Another quick question on roses since you just talked to me.
2: Yeah.
3: Can you use... Uh, uh, coffee grinds um, to put around rose trees
1: to to help them use coffee mm, grinds more helps the, <laughs> it more helps the gardener than it helps the rose if you understand my drift cloud it is yeah I do. is it organic matter sure is there any nutrition no there's no fertilizer in coffee grounds it's simply organic matter no different from adding soil conditioner or, mushroom compost or something like that to the ground, but it certainly is a way to conserve resources and not put them in the landfill. Okay, that's good.
3: All right. Thanks, sir.
1: You bet. Thanks for calling, Claude. Yeah, bye-bye. I'm thinking Paula White from the Georgia Perennial Plant Association. Coffee grounds, Epsom salt. I'm thinking of all this sort of banana peels. Banana is peels. Another example of something that people say are good. Can you think of any more odd things that people say are good for plants that... That we do or don't do offhand. I can't remember one myself, so let's go to the phone. Maybe Barbara has one. Barbara's up in Canton. She joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Barbara, good morning. Good morning. How can I help? I have a big bag of
5: 101010 10, 10 that is old. I've had it for yeah. 10 years. Ooh. And I'd like to use it up this spring. What would be the best plants to put it
1: on? Let me ask you this Have you looked in to see if it is still uh, pelletized or if it's lumped up and hard?
5: Um, it's mostly still pelletized.
1: Okay. Yeah. You can use it, yes. It does not lose its nutrition marginally maybe a smidge, but it's still going to be pretty close to 10-10-10 fertilizer. Good. And even if you saw lumps in there, I will claim the job, Barbara, as a child, of putting 10-10-10 on a big sheet of tin and my dad driving over it with the car to break up <laughs> the lumps so that we could use it on our pasture and on our garden. And you can do the same if you find lumps in there. Just take mm-hmm. a hammer or a brick and mash them up good and okay. put them out and use them as you normally would. No problem.
5: No, what plants um, shall I put them on? Well, I have a lot of roses mm. and azaleas, but mm. I don't think they appreciate ten, ten, ten.
1: Generally speaking, you're better off using it as sort of a very light overall feed for uh, just general shrubs for, uh, for for tea olives, and um, I don't think roses would necessarily not like it. Not so much for the azaleas, perhaps they would rather have a sort of a slow release fertilizer, and ten 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 is faster releasing than that, mm-hmm. and so i'd i mean to be honest, what I do is I have ten ten ten, and I just go in the backyard sort of willy nilly here and there, I'll see my little dogwood tree and throw a handful over there and I'll see yeah, little, well, I see my have uh, a throw a handful over there. in the
5: yard um so I can just kind of sprinkle it lightly on almost everything
1: I think sprinkle lightly is the right word, yes okay.
5: Oh, this is helpful information.
1: Doing my best and remembering all those days of putting that stupid fertilizer on that tin sheet for my dad. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll I'll,
5: I'll get rid of the lumps
1: before I sprinkle it. And he says he's backing up. He is backing up. Be careful. Don't put (laughs) your fingers underneath the tires then, Barbara. Thanks for calling, Barb. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Walter. It's 846. Can we quickly get Tim in here? I bet we can. Tim's incoming. He joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Tim. Good morning.
3: Hey, good morning, Walter. Hey, I was just wondering with this new Zika thing going on, is yeah. there any plant material that we can plant outside to, uh, you know, keep mosquitoes away?
1: That's one of the things, Paula. One yes. of the things that people believe is that plants repel mosquitoes. The answer, Tim, right. no. All right. There are no plants. Yes, they're sold to repel mosquitoes. Do they work to repel mosquitoes? Capital N, capital O. The all right. I know the citrosa, the geranium, the mosquito plant, the, all these things, the lemongrass, the. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Got a bunch of things that are claimed to prevent mosquitoes, repel mosquitoes, keep them out of your yard. Again, capital N, capital O. They don't work. Thank you, much, sir. boom boom boom. One more thing that we can think about. All of that, people. If we go to the to the uh, Inspired Garden Symposium at the Atlanta Botanical Garden on February 27th, you'll have experts there. You can ask Gene Williams. You can ask Bill right. Welch. You can ask all these experts questions. Just, don't be afraid to ask a question you think is dumb because it's not a dumb question. Right. And as Paula has said, these are smart people who are really down to earth. Exactly. One of the things I thought about when we were talking about roses earlier, mm-hmm.
2: uh, One of th- Dr. Welch is very well known oh, yeah, for sure. his resurrection of Heritage Roses. Right. He founded right. the Heritage um, Rose Emporium right. in Texas uh, and really is – Instrumental in bringing back these old garden
1: plants from the south. If I'm not mistaken, he was one of the original rose rustlers in Texas. Exactly. Who was going out and they didn't steal roses, but if you had a church that had burned down, there was going to be somebody right. there digging up the roses behind them. them. That was Bill Welch mm-hmm. right there. It's 8:48. We'll be back to more lawn and garden after news.
3: This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the
1: lawn and garden advice you need. A quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Beautiful Saturday this afternoon, my friends. few clouds here and there, clear skies, afternoon highs in the low 50s. And the sky is pretty clear this afternoon this evening I should say overnight lows dropping down into the low 30s stay tuned Atlanta's most accurate and dependable forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 955 and AM 750 WSB. Paula Whites here from the Georgia Perennial Plant Association to talk about the Inspired Gardener Symposium. Great speakers, easy to get to, Atlanta Botanical Garden. How do we register, Paula? You can register online at atlantabg.org or you can go
2: to georgiaperennial.org and get information. You can register online by voicemail or by mail with the Atlanta Botanical Garden, and
1: it's going to be gorgeous at the Atlanta Botanical Garden in late February. Yes. are lots of things blooming there. Bulbs of course will they be do in a bloom. Terrific job, bulbs, daffodils, tulips. The whole schmear are going to be at the Atlanta Botanical Garden again. You get some discount on pricing or for parking if you register early, right? Exactly. So you got the big parking deck there, and it does cost extra to, to park there, but you get a discount if you do that. GeorgiaPerennial.org, AtlantaBG, or AtlantaBotanicalGarden.org will get you the details. Chris is in Jefferson, Georgia, and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Chris. Good morning. Good morning, Walter. How can I help, friend? Uh, I had a question about lemongrass,
3: but you kind of answered that earlier.
1: (laughs) Which is?
3: Which is uh, trying to deter bugs with it, planting it around the house, and uh, where to find it.
1: Mm, You know, where to find it? I see it at nurseries around town. I think I've seen it at Pike, as a matter of fact. Mm. And even though it doesn't deter mosquitoes, it is a nice thing to you put in, what, Thai, polyp thai, thai recipes food, have, exactly. Yeah, Thai recipes use lemongrass, so you could expand into your Thai cooking expertise. Okay. okay it's not a perennial, I don't you think in to, Jefferson. Uh,
3: to do the essential oils, you know, to try to to, you know, boil out the essential oils of it also. Yeah.
1: if you want to, Chris, you can take the stems and boil them and take those oils and cool them down, of course, and rub them on your skin. You'll get about 20% of the effectiveness of the other mosquito repellents, but you can get a little bit there if you want to but not a whole lot. It's been my great pleasure today to spend the Saturday morning with Ashley Frasca Screening Calls, with Scott Baxman choosing our music, making sure that we're all happy, happy, happy. I'll be happy if I see you right here next Saturday morning because we will have another edition of Lawn and Garden then. Stay tuned. Home Fix It show is straight ahead, and we'll see you for another Lawn and Garden show next Saturday morning.